Brazilian coffee sellers not optimistic about larger harvest next year. Brazilian coffee sellers are downbeat on the prospects for the supply of beans, in contradiction to market expectations that the country will have a bigger crop next year. Cusupe, Brazil's largest Arabica coffee cooperative, expects next year's harvest to be as weak as this year's, President Carlos Augusto Rodriguez de Mello said in an interview, which means another disappointing production for three years in a row. The cooperative had expected production to increase, due to the flowering of the coffee trees at the beginning of the season. However, that was misleading because not all blossoms turn into berries, Mello said. The latest assessment by Brazilian sellers could frustrate consumers hoping for relief from breakfast inflation, as the country is the world's leading supplier of coffee. The global coffee market does not appear to be worried yet, with Arabica coffee futures in New York trading at their lowest level in 16 months. The crop is not going to be spectacular, but probably will be the best in three years, said Judy Gain, consultant. While producers in Brazil might be having concerns, market participants still expect a good production because Brazil has seen a good volume of rains, said Fernando Maximiliano, Stonex analyst. Brazil's plight in recent years has been the decline in the coffee harvest, caused by previous difficult weather conditions such as drought and frost. Because of this phenomenon, coffee sellers tend to be cautious about a better harvest rather than go along with the market's positive assessment. According to Simo Pedro Lima, CEO of Expocacker, the drought in October was a challenge for Cerrado Minero, Brazil's second-largest coffee-growing region. Hail also damaged some crops in southern Minas Gerais, Brazil's largest coffee-growing region. According to the government agency Emater, the storms in early November were stronger than usual, and affected 26,600 hectares of coffee-growing land. Although the impact on Brazilian coffee yields is not significant, it only shows that coffee farms are still vulnerable to bad weather. Exclusive Starbucks branch opens in Empire State Building The new Starbucks Reserve Empire State Building store officially opened on Wednesday, November 16. The coffee shop spans three floors and 23,000 square feet and promotes community through interactive workshops, guided tasting flights, speciality coffees and cocktails, and an expanded artisanal menu of princey food. The company said. Starbucks Reserve locations are designed to spotlight our exquisite Starbucks Reserve coffee and showcase our heritage, expertise, and dedication to coffee craft through interactive coffee experiences where barista craft is the cornerstone. The Starbucks Reserve Empire State Building Store is a one-of-a-kind destination that highlights our commitment to push the boundaries of coffee craft and offer our customers new, immersive, and multi-sensory coffee houses that are designed to inspire and create moments of connection in this special space. We are honored to have been a part of New York City for more than 30 years, and the iconic Empire State Building for almost 15 years. We look forward to welcoming customers to the new Starbucks Reserve Empire State Building store on November 16, an experience like no other, in a city like no other, said Mark Ring, SVP of U.S. Retail, Starbucks. Customers will be able to order signature Starbucks Reserve drinks, like the hazelnut Bianco Latte and Nitro Almond Milk Mocha on the first floor, alongside the regular drinks like the Starbucks Caramel Macchiato and seasonal coffees like the Peppermint Mocha, all of which are made with Starbucks Reserve coffee. Starbucks Reserve Empire State Building Microblend, a coffee created in honor of the landmark, 
and freshly roasted at the Starbucks Reserve Roastery in the Meatpacking District, will be available exclusively at this shop. With red and black fruits, vanilla, and spices, this exclusive blend of coffee will be the base for all drinks and cocktails served at the branch. Complementing the drinks is food from Princi, the artisan boutique bakery and cafe founded by Italian baker, Rocco Princi. The food provider at Starbucks Reserve Shops sells a variety of freshly baked cornetti, focaccia, pizza, avocado toast, brioche, cakes and tarts. The ground floor also features a curated shop selling works by local artists, and a coffee shop with a seasonal selection of whole Starbucks Reserve beans. The restaurant and bar on the second level serve as a place to meet and network. Princey's handcrafted dishes, created exclusively by Starbucks Reserve, offer tasting plates and platters, as well as appetizers for brunch, lunch and throughout the day. Starbucks worked closely with Empire State Realty Trust, the building's owner, its historic preservation consultant, and the New York City Landmarks Preservation Commission, to ensure that the space respects the history of the Empire State Building. Starbucks' design team also worked with colleagues at the Empire State Building, to renovate and restore a number of historic elements. The window trim and the original configuration of the exterior mullions and revolving doors were restored. Saudi Coffee Company wants growth in domestic coffee production. The Saudi Coffee Company recently signed an investment agreement with the Royal Commission for Jubel and Yambu to build a 30,000-square-meter coffee warehouse in Jajan City. Saudi Arabia's current coffee production is 300 tons per year, a figure the country aims to increase to 2,500 tons by 2032, an increase of more than 700%. The modernization will also focus on a more sustainable and localized value chain. The Saudi Coffee Company also plans to open 25 coffee shops around the world as the first of its five pillars of strategies to upgrade the kingdom's coffee industry. The second pillar will focus on roasting and packaging coffee, according to the kingdom. The company will create an open platform that will allow domestic and global brands to increase their production, without necessarily having to invest in their own facilities. The third pillar would be having a Saudi coffee brand that tells the story of Jajan beans to the globe. The fourth pillar is opening a chain of coffee shops. The last pillar is to lift up the standards of the coffee industry through training and certification by having academies in Riyadh, Jeddah, Dammam, and Jajan, said Raza Alharbi, CEO, Saudi Public Investment Fund, PIF. The new $319 million coffee warehouse in Jajan City appears to be the base on which these five pillars will be built. It will give Saudi Arabia greater connectivity to the global coffee world and provide access to some 2,500 Saudi farms. The kingdom also wants to provide Saudi youth with training in coffee production and processing. Several investors in Jajan City, including Saudi Coffee Company and United Feed Company, have signed the investment and construction agreement, which provides for various facilities, including the establishment of a coffee factory and an animal feed factory as well as housing and infrastructure projects. Al-Harbi argued that Saudi Arabia is not competing with any other country, but he was playing with some ideas. PIF is targeting to help in the diversification of the Saudi economy. Agriculture and coffee play a major role in this diversification. 
Coffee is the second biggest product globally after oil. So imagine one day, Saudi Arabia is the major oil producer and one of the major coffee producers, said Raza Al-Harbi, CEO, Saudi PIF. Smile Compostable Solutions and Pod Pack International agree sales partnership. Smile Compostable Solutions has signed a material sales agreement with Pod Pack International, a major manufacturer of single-serve coffee and tea pods and cups. The agreement aims to demonstrate the convenience of Smile's turnkey capabilities as the only fully certified compostable pod system. PodPak's customers will have more environmentally sustainable options, thanks to Smile Compostable Solutions' commercially biodegradable, plant-based and carbon-neutral coffee pods. The team at PodPak is excited to partner with Smile to bring this innovative solution to the single-serve coffee and tea marketplace. This allows PodPak to expand our market-leading offering of compostable single-serve products, said Marion Gray, CEO, PodPak. PodPak offers pods that are compatible with Keurig brewers. The inline ultrasonic sealing process used by the co-packer enables IMA Coffee's specialized machine to produce 420 coffee pods per minute. The machine's modular design also allows for greater adaptability. Together with PodPak's new sustainable materials, this makes the co-packer the first choice for companies looking to reduce their plastic and carbon footprint in the K-cup industry. PodPak's state-of-the-art capsule filling equipment and experience made them an ideal client. We are excited to help both PodPak and their customers be leaders in the sustainable coffee sector, said Frankie Schuster, co-founder and COO, Smile. According to a recent report by Future Market Insights, the global coffee capsules market grew at a CAGR of 2.9% from 2015 to 2021 and is expected to double by the end of 2032. The growth is mainly supported by increasing coffee consumption and growth in global food service outlets. Europe and North America are expected to continue dominating the global coffee capsules market due to increased coffee consumption in Germany and the U.S. U.S. Appeals Court sets 60-day deadline on Keurig antitrust case. A federal judge in Manhattan has 60 days to move forward with the nearly nine-year-old antitrust case against Keurig Green Mountain Incorporated before a federal appeals court reconsiders whether to intervene in the litigation, according to a court order on Tuesday. The New York-based Second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in an order declined a bid from a plaintiff's lawyer suing Keurig over alleged anti-competitive conduct in the single-cup coffee brewing market to compel U.S. District Judge Vernon Broderick to set a trial date. Broderick has two months to act on the pending motions, otherwise, the three-judge panel will consider a renewed motion. Those motions include arguments by Keurig and the plaintiff's lawyers that the court could only rule on the basis of the facts contained in the pleadings. Among the plaintiffs are California-based Family Coffee Products Company, JBR Incorporated, and Illinois-based food and beverage company Treehouse Foods Incorporated. Keurig has denied the claims, and the plaintiffs warn of further delays in the case. The cases have been before Judge Broderick for nearly nine years, but in late September, JBR filed a petition for a writ of mandamus. The company felt compelled to do so after becoming frustrated with the speed with which Judge Broderick acted in court when, after eight and a half years, there was still no trial date. 
trial could easily be another four, five, or more years away. Key witnesses are getting older, retiring, and indeed dying, or have died, waiting to have JBR's day in court. He also said he's happy with the court's decision and is hopeful they will finally have a trial. This is good news for the plaintiffs, who have been frustrated over the pace of the litigation for a while, and have been urging Broderick to set a trial date. Keurig's lawyers, on the other hand, said in a court filing that Broderick's decisions on the pending motions could obviate a trial or define the extent of any remaining claims. The lawsuit has been pending since 2014 on a claim that Keurig monopolized or attempted to monopolize and restricted, restrained, foreclosed, and excluded competition in order to raise, fix, maintain, or stabilize the prices of Keurig K-Cup portion packs at artificially high levels. The original suits also accused Keurig of breaking antitrust laws by putting on the market technology that would allow its machines to work only with Keurig's coffee pods.